0: Welcome to the In No Relation NFL podcast with Matt and Bill Williamson. Matt, last week when we left, I said we're going to talk what's going on next week, and there'll probably be some injuries. And, oh boy, have there been some injuries. And I mean, and I wrote a column for Rag on Friday saying, you know, this is just life in the NFL, and we're getting a really early taste of it. And in training camp, it seems like there's just been a glut of injuries. We have a lot of them to talk about, and, I mean, do you get the feeling that there's just more than usual, and and there's a lot usually?
1: Um, Yes, but I feel like if we're doing this podcast a year from now or two years ago at this time, the same question comes up. I mean, you and I have been doing this a long time, and it just seems like every time, this time of the year, every year, that same question is asked is, boy, there's more than there usually is. Well, maybe there isn't. You know, usually there's a lot. So, um, yeah, there's some big ones. I mean, Miami loses a starting quarterback, but it was just about this time last year, that Minnesota lost Teddy Bridgewater. You know, I mean, th- th- these things happen. And, unfortunately, I don't think it's more than usual. And if I hadn't been doing this as long as I have, I probably would say, boy, that's more than usual. But I just I think we have this conversation every year this time of year. Yeah, and,
0: and my point is not that, oh, man, this, you know, the NFL is falling apart because it's... I just think this is—it's just going to be another injury-heavy injury year, and if there's a theme of this camp so far around the league, it, it, it
1: is a lot of injuries.
0: Whether whether it's more or less, but there's been a lot.
1: No, you're right, and maybe there are more. I mean, I don't know. I just know that when I have this conversation every time at this time of the year, every year, um, and it's unfortunate. It's and it's another thing I always try to preface people by saying is. Basically, from the draft, and we've talked about this a lot, you know, the, that period from the draft until when training camp opens it is the best your roster is ever going to look. You know, I mean, it's all downhill from here, it's all injuries from here, and bad news is 90% of the headlines, you know, and it's rough. I mean, it's my least favorite thing about the sport that unfortunately people get hurt and we don't get to see the best teams have to offer. Yeah, I mean, last year
0: we had so many great players. Kurt Early, um, you know, AP and Watt, and them, there's others. And, you know, and it's just the way it is. I, I think that's my point is that, you know, I've talked to players and coaches over the years, and, you know, we were talking to – I've told a lot of players, I don't know – I'm surprised there isn't an injury on in every play in the NFL. and <laughs> right. And it weighs on them. It, it You know, that's why – that's why coaches and GMs age like presidents, you know, because they worry about these injuries.
1: Yeah, I, I, mean, I don't know what else to, to add to that. You're 100% right. I mean, it is a massive collision goes on on every play, and it, it shows how good a shape and how fantastic their body and how strong these guys are to, to, to withstand the majority of it do withstand it. You know, so, um, yeah, you're right. I mean, it, it stinks. Um, depth is really important, but I mean, I, I feel for those coaches. You know, you get that news that, hey, starting quarterbacks out or starting left tackles out. I'm like, oh, man, right. you know, this this time of year, there's nothing you can do about it.
0: Right. will let's we'll talk about some of the impacts. Uh, you know, I think we have to start with Tanny Hill in Miami and the Jay Cutler um, signing. I want to talk a little bit about Tanny Hill. You know, he's. This guy is going to be, I think he's going to be 29 this year. And if you would have asked me, I would have said, oh, he's probably 26 or 27. I mean, this guy's going to go into his 30-year-old you know, 30 season next year. And he just, I don't know if we know if he's any good or not, you know. And, I mean, this is a big blow to his career path.
1: Yeah, it really is. And, honestly, I didn't realize he was as old as you just said he was either. I would have guessed he was 27, 28. I knew he didn't enter the league you know, all that young, I and mean, you remember he was a wide receiver at A&M before turning into a quarterback, and usually it's the other way around. Um, it's a big deal. I mean, he's one of the guys that I'm, I was really excited to see because I thought he was primed to take a big leap in his career and be a top 15, top 12 type quarterback this year. I, I'm, a, I'm a believer in Tannehill. I like the progression we've seen from him especially this past year under Gase. Um and now you like you said, I mean you waste a year and now where are you as a team? I mean, does Miami need to you know talk about if Cutler has a good year, do you try to keep him to stick around? Do you have to draft somebody? Or do you just hand it back to Tannehill? I mean there's a lot of uncertainty long term now with the quarterback position in Miami, which um, amazingly has been the case since Dan Marino retired. Because this is a look ahead league, um you know, talk. We got to talk about Cutler.
0: I, I thought that was the best case scenario was for them to get Cutler. And I know we've talked a lot about Kaepernick, and Kaepernick transcends football talk; it's a national topic. But I, I wrote for Fan this morning that I, I don't think this one, for you know, for Kaepernick's supporters, and and again, this isn't about right or wrong or what side you're on. But I didn't. I, I thought this one was more about football. That, that this wasn't. The Ravens signing a minor league player over him, or the rant, or the Seahawks signing Austin Davis over him. This was Adam Gaze picking a guy that he's had success. I mean, do you agree with
1: that? Absolutely. And I think I went on a rant that was last week. I went on a rant where I've kind of changed my stance on Kaepernick, and I really feel like he is being blackballed, getting the short end of the stick, and certainly ends up you know, certainly should be in the league. And I think he's probably a top-30 type quarterback. But Cutler's better. <laughs> I mean, if I, if I got to trot one of those guys out there to win me a game right now, it's Cutler, assuming he's still the same. You know, assuming he just hasn't you know, drank beer and ate pizza and ate donuts and is 500 pounds right now. I mean, as long as he's uh, the same guy we saw at the end of last year or, you know, in his final season, I think he's still a high-quality quarterback. And not to mention, you're throwing somebody in the mix late in the game, and Cutler's going to know the system. I mean, last time he, he was with Gase, I mean, he knows exactly the verbiage and what's asked of him and how the offense is supposed to run. And of course, there's going to be a learning curve still, and he's going to get on that to quote get on the same page with Devontae Parker and Landry and those guys. But uh, I like Cutler's chances of assimilating to the offense and the new team much better than Kaepernick's, and I do think Cutler's a better player. So, um, yeah, I mean, the Cutler should be, or the Kaepernick should be in the league, but in this case that was an easy decision. Right. That, that, that's how I see
0: it. Um, do you, now here's the next question. If there's another quarterback that goes down, and there's only been, what, one preseason game, so, I mean, there could be a chance a starting quarterback goes down in the next month or so. Who's next? Is it, is it Kaepernick or is it Osweiler, maybe? Because I don't think the Osweiler um, – I have a comment coming out today on Osweiler um, saying, you know, the fact that he's starting tomorrow doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be the starter in week one. I mean, Kaiser's going to get more snaps in the preseason. You know, is the most experienced guy. If, if the season started right now, he would be the starter, but that, a lot can change in 33 days. Could could Osweiler? Could you see Osweiler being higher on a team's list than Kaepernick if there was
1: an injury? Not on my list. Uh, I mean, to me, they're not even close. Um, I, I you know the, the latest news on Osweiler is he's going to start the first preseason game, and, and that's terrific. I mean, I'm sure people are out there going, "Wow, is he going to be the Brown starter? Did they pull? You know, is he looking better now? And is is there optimism here? I don't think so. I think all they're doing is shopping them for a potential trade. You know, is let's get some preseason tape out there. If another quarterback goes down or another team is in the market to add a guy, hey, take take Osweiler off our hands for a fifth round pick. You know, I, I just think that they're they're marketing their player is trying to get them out of town. Not that they hate them, but they want to get a draft pick for them. Um, to me, I would much rather have Kaepernick.
0: Yeah, I mean that's that's how I see it. It's probably probably going to be Kessler to start the season, then Kaiser early. And we've talked a lot about Kaiser. You know, he's kind of the uh, he's the variable for the Browns. You know, if, if he has he, uh, shows promise, they don't need to get a quarterback next year. Um, I want to go wrap up the Cutler deal. Can because Dolphins made the playoffs last year. Can they be a playoff team with Cutler? Is there a major slide? In ability at quarterback, or do you think that the Cutler gaze combo can can make this work for at
1: least this year? I think it's more of a lateral move. You know that again, I was high on Tannehill. I was excited for what he could become, and I guess still can. Um, we know what Cutler is, and I think that's good enough to be as good as Tannehill was last year when they made the playoffs. I mean, assuming it's an Ajayi heavy. Rushing attack, and he has a concussion, which is a bit of a concern this early in the process. And their offensive line worries me a little bit, especially at the guard positions and if Pouncey can stay healthy. Um, but I also don't think with Tannehill or without or with Cutler, I'm probably not picking Miami to be a playoff team either way. You know, I, I don't think it's a big drop off, but they kind of. Didn't belong last year. I mean, I know they got in, but you know, I don't think that they were a real deserved or a real threat in the playoffs, and I think they're similar still. Right. I mean,
0: they were number, they were number 11 or 12 in the 12 team tournament last year, no doubt. Um, I don't know if they've made great strides in regard to help at the quarterback position, but, you know, for you to say it's a lateral move. I think any team would take that, losing their starting quarterback who they like in August and be able to find somebody's comparably lateral move. I, th- I think the Dolphins can live with that.
1: Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, I equated a lot to the Viking situation a year ago. And, I mean, I was on record then saying Bradford's a better player than Bridgewater. I mean, they actually upgraded in that situation. But that cost me a first-round pick. <laughs> you know, I mean, the Cutler came free. I mean, this is about as good as it can get for a team to fall into a situation when the ultimate tragedy hits your roster. I'm gonna I'm gonna name some guys that are out injured and they're out for various parts
0: of time. And and I just want you to pick a couple of those guys. You think are, are you know big consequential injuries. There's Jordan Reed in Washington. There's easily with the Rams a defense tackle. There's Quincy, Lynn. I'm going to screw up, is Quincy the receiver with the, the Jets? Forrest Lamp, the rookie, now the Chargers may have their first and second round pick out for the year. We talked about them being cursed last week. I don't know that we changed that thought. I mean, you know, there's, there's Will Ford, there's Shepard with the Giants, Malcolm Smith with the 49ers. Is any of those re- injuries really stand out to you?
1: Well, the Jets weren't going anywhere. I mean, uh, so, but he was their number one receiver. <laughs> you know, I mean, that, that's kind of a big deal, in Nunwa, I mean, uh, and it's not like they have a lot else in the tank. I mean, uh, an awful offense becomes even worse. Um, certainly the Chargers. You know, we, you and I have talked about this a lot, but what is going on with this organization? You know, I mean, I, I hosted it. Uh, it's unbelievable. I mean, I was asked today, um, do you think their training staff just doesn't do a good job? Or is there some reason that they have an unbelievable injury you know, problem the last couple of years? And I don't know that answer, and I don't think anybody knows that answer. But, I mean, it's even a new coaching staff. But they lost a first and second round pick maybe both of the year. And at two positions that have just been crushed by injuries the last two years, you've got to feel for them. And it, it seems like it's a curse.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, covering the ASC West for so long, I, I, I feel like I know the Chargers pretty good. And this has been a year in and year out deal. And last year may have been the, the pinnacle of, of bad luck and, and injury luck. But, you know, the Chargers lose a lot of close games as well. And I think, I think you can pin that more to something going on than the injuries. I think the injuries are just, you know, bad luck. Um you can pin losing close games to an organizational culture or coaching, but injuries, no. And 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 for them to bounce back this year and feel good about themselves and to lose two of the top thirty-eight picks for the year, we don't know about Williams, but it's pointing that way. I mean, it's just it's, it's a shame. It's just like you feel for him, you know?
1: Right, and there's no doubt. I mean. And you know Williams was a bit of a luxury pick of Keenan Allen's back and Tyrell Williams in the mix and Hunter Henry keeps stepping up and they got guys like Inman and um, you know maybe he wasn't pigeonholed to play a ton of snaps but I mean he was a sixth pick in the draft <laughs> you know I mean he was a high quality prospect you would expect to get something from and I think they drafted Lamp with the thought of he's gonna we're gonna put him in right away and you know I even thought that maybe he'd factor in at right tackle and. Uh, then, but they were lucky enough, or not lucky enough, but you know they they were they drafted, free, you know Feeney. So at least they get one of the two, you know, are or, or probably going to be a starter for them. But man, I mean, if it was another organization, you'd be like, oh, that stinks. You know, it's, it's hard, and any team that gets hit that hard with their top two picks is, is brutal. But the way that this this team has been dealing with injuries is just insane.
0: And I think these two guys were were. Gifts to Philip Rivers at the end of his career. I mean, this guy's yes. been 37 years old in December. Gave him another receiver. Yeah, it's a luxury, but he gave him another weapon. It gave him some protection. Philip Rivers has has had a bad offensive line for what five six years, and now uh, you take those gifts away from him. So I mean, Rivers just has to be beside himself.
1: Yeah, I mean, I really thought that they would take a safety really early, but instead. I kind of like this approach was, man, we've been asking way too much of Phillip. Let's make his life at least a little easier, get depth and quality young talent at these two positions that have really been problem areas, and we're finally we're going to fix this mess and, and maybe um, you know go overboard. We're going to take two offensive linemen and a receiver at number six, and finally these problems will be fixed. Martha Hurt. Yeah. yeah. Well, going back to the Jets. Real
0: quick, do you think they'll, uh, you know, they just lost their number one receiver. you think they're going to rue the release of Eric Decker, who, you know, from what I'm reading, is, is doing really well in Tennessee?
1: I think Decker's going to have a nice year there, and I like the fit with Tennessee, and I, I, I think uh, Mariota's going to lean on him quite a bit. Um, but, I mean, the, I hate the word tanking, and that, that's real big right now in the NFL is, oh, they're tanking. Well, they're not trying to lose. What they're trying to do is rebuild and get youth on the field. So, I mean, Eric Decker would certainly be their number one, even with a healthy Inunua. Not that he's a great player, but he's a quality starter. But why give a 30-year-old, you know, a bunch of snaps right now when, as opposed to developing our Darius Stewart and some of these younger guys? So, no, it's still the right decision, you know, for where they are. They're all about let's, you know, build through the youth. I mean, Decker would help them win games, but they're not going to win many games with or without them. There's yeah. yeah. a subject that we're going to talk a lot about in the coming weeks, I'm sure, probably
0: every week until there's a decision. The Broncos quarterback race, um, and we've talked about it a lot already, but Vance Joseph, I, 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 the way I look at it, there may be a hint here. He announced that Simeon's going to be the week one starter, but then he announced that, Perhaps and Lynch is going to be the week two starter, and they're going to figure it out after that. Well, in the NFL preseason, starters play longer in the second game than the first game, and then they play longer in the third game, and then they kind of lean back on the fourth game. So they're going to take a long look at, at least a longer look at Lynch in the second game. That tells me that... This thing is still on. I know the reports have been more that Lynch may be losing the race because he's still a little wild. But if they're going to start him in the second preseason
1: game, he's still in this race. Oh, I think so. And I think, I think that's who they want to win the race. You know, I think yeah. all ties favor him. Um, you know, it sounds good. You know, Simeon was a starter last year. He's going to be our opening day starter, or our opening preseason day starter sounds good but like you said lynch is probably going to get is getting the better gig of the two you know and the the third game will be the utmost important and we'll see how they both play but i think it's important too that uh, I, I like the strategy of, of at least give both players a game with the ones against ones to better evaluate them i mean i, I think it's easier to evaluate a player when he's, you know, throwing to Demarius and Emmanuel and Sanders and, you know, have your number one running you know, game and offensive line in there as opposed to, you know, maybe a guy or two on the field that isn't even going to make the team. Um, so I think it's a better way to judge him is give them both a shot with the ones against ones, too, not that it makes it easier. Right. Yeah, you know, I mean, when
0: um, sent some interesting comments a few weeks ago when he said, you know, I'd like this thing to be figured out after the first week of training camp. Well, it just can't be. and It's going to be another couple of weeks, and I'm sure that whoever starts week three has a huge edge. So Lynch has an opportunity. If he plays really well with the ones in week two, he has a real shot, and I think you're absolutely right. The tie goes to him. I mean, he's a first-round pick. Simeon was, what, a seventh-round pick? Um, right? And they gotta get this guy figured out because if he's not starting in, in, in year two, you got to start thinking maybe he's not going to. The lights not come on for him. I'm not saying you, you write bust on him, but it's not great if a first round pick's not ready to start in his second year. So this this is big, and he's gonna get every opportunity. The thing, and I, we've talked about this, and I know you're not a Simeon guy. I like Simeon because it's never too big for him. And, and if you if you see kind of the things he says and the te- things his teammates say about him, I think he's fully embraced that, hey, this is my offense. And that's what won him the job last year, and it might win him the job again this year.
1: No, you're right about that. And it certainly is a positive trait of his that, um, you know, I, I do think he would be a great 10-year backup, you know, if Lynch tits. And, you know, Simeon's a very different type guy. And like you said, he's even-keeled. And bring him in when your starter goes down or a catastrophe hits. Um, but don't you think if either one of them was super impressive, they would have made the announcement by now? I mean, to me, this isn't a great sign for either. Oh, no, no doubt about it, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, for sure. I and mean, again, this is something we're going to talk about a lot in the next few weeks. And a guy we talked about a little bit last week, and I think you've talked about him a few times on this show, is possible trade bait, It's Carlos Hyde in the last few days. There's been rave, rave reviews about him in San Francisco's camp. I mean, maybe, maybe he's a bright light for the 49ers in this contract year. I mean, do you, you think that he could be a, a really productive player in Kyle Shanahan's offense?
1: Who was that? You were a little muffled there for a second. What player are you asking Carlos about? Carlos Hyde
0: in San Francisco.
1: Who's that? I'm sorry. Carlos Hyde? Yeah. Um, I'm a big Hyde fan. Uh, my, only, my only knock on Hyde is he has a hard time staying on the field. I mean, I think he's a um, slightly better receiver than people realize. I think he's a high-quality back. Um, I've mentioned a couple times, you know, that if I were the Ravens, I'd be on the phone with San Francisco right now to try to get Hyde. You know, the, their, their new offensive coordinator coached them in San Francisco a few years ago. They lost Dixon. That I, I kind of feel like they're going to run Hyde into the ground this year and he's going to move on. Um, but he should be the foundation of their offense. I, I think he's a very good player. So.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. It's, it's interesting.
0: I don't think he's going to be available. I think I think they're excited about him. Uh, I'm yeah. not going to get too fired up about the 49ers, but I think the first seven months of this new regime really couldn't have gotten better. I think I think the foundation has begun, and we talked about it a little bit. We don't have to talk about more until we see it, but. After, you know, three or four years of, of, of real, a real crap set in San Francisco, starting with, the, you know, the demise of Harbaugh and then the other two one-year regimes, it seems like, you know, the God are starting to smile on the 49ers again
1: a little bit. Maybe. Although, have you done a power rank this year by chance? Not yet. Uh, if you do one, the bottom of the league is really tough. You know, like I think everyone puts the Jets at thirty-two, and I put the Niners pretty firmly at thirty-one, and maybe Cleveland at thirty. Then I think you really got to start reaching for who are the terrible teams, and which leads me to the fact that San Francisco is going to be one of those terrible teams.
0: Certainly, and, and I'm talking long yeah. term. You know, I, I'm talking two three years, but it seems like yeah, they think they, it seems like they got the right people in place finally again. Um, so does that mean? Does that mean you don't think there's a lot of terrible teams then? Do you think there's some teams that may be number twenty-seven in the current power ranking that could be like an eight and eight team?
1: Um, I just can make, and part of it's because people are injured, and this is the best the rosters are going to look. But I can make a case that a team like Chicago or the Rams. Should be noticeably better. I mean, that I struggled to come up with bottom dwellers. You know, like if you took those two te- if you took San Francisco, Cleveland, and the Jets out of the equation, off the top of your head, would you come up with a team that you think is the worst in the NFL at that point? I mean, I think a lot of people would say the Bears, but they have a good line, they have a good running game. Um, I think Glennon's a decent player. I think their defense is a lot better than people think, and they were the most injured team in the league last year. I mean, they're, that's bound not to occur again.
0: Well, unless they're the
1: Chargers, you know. But <laughs> right, yeah, <laughs>
0: definitely. Hey, I want to talk a little bit about, and I don't know if you have much to say about it, but it's news, and that's kind of what we talk about. Brendan Albert situation is weird in in Jacksonville. Yeah. He doesn't report, and then he reports for camp, and then he lasts two days, and then he retires, and then a week later he wants to come back, and then the Jaguars say, no, we're okay. Kind of a goof, goofy story there, isn't it? It is,
1: and it was kind of a goofy situation with Miami, too, was, um, you know, we're going to trade him for Julius Thomas, and basically they were almost like cutting their those guys and uh, overspent on them, and he's had a strange career to begin with. I mean, He was a guard at Virginia Tech that turned into a left tackle. It it never happens that way. I mean, that's kind of like Tannehill going from receiver to quarterback. It's never, you know, you never go out. You never go from guard to tackle. Um, And I get the impression he's an odd dude, you know, that maybe football's not super important to him. I don't know. I mean, I'm guessing on on that, you know, that he seems very money driven. Um, But I did find it odd that they said, we're good without you. It's not like their line's loaded. Yeah, maybe that's a signal that they really like Cam Robinson that they picked uh, yeah. second round from Alabama. Yeah, I do think that's a positive sign for Robinson. I
0: want to transition other rookies um, that are running with the first team right now is, uh, Cooper Cup in the Rams, the receiver, and Dalvin Cook with the Vikings. I mean, I think Cook to be a real contender for Offensive Rookie of the Year, and, and Cup seems like a, a guy that I'm really interested to see what McVay's going to do with
1: him. Yeah, a little birdie told me that the Vikings are smitten with Cook; that they love this guy. It and seems like the,
0: what's that? It sure seems that way.
1: Yeah, and I'm not a Latavis Murray fan at all. I think McKinnon is what he is at this stage of his career, but i Cook might be my vote for offensive rookie of the year. I mean, I think their line's a lot better. Um, They're going to give him plenty of carries. I think he'll catch the ball well. My only reservation with him is two knocks on him in college were pass protection, and he really just didn't have to do it at Florida State. And he was a bit of a fumbler. And those are two giant red flags for keeping rookie backs off the field.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, certainly, those those will be uh, challenges for him right away. And that's what's going to, I mean, I don't see Mike Zimmer being the type of guy to tolerate either of those things. But it seems like all reports are really, really high. And you mentioned with yeah. Davis Murray, he may be the award winner for pick the wrong team in free agency because he might just get buried in Minnesota.
1: Yeah, and maybe you were closer to him than I was, but I never thought he was a starting caliber guy anyway. That if I were a team that didn't have a running back on my roster, and I signed Murray, I certainly would have been in the market for a back very high in the draft anyways. So uh, I just think that's what he is.
0: You know, he's 6'3", he's 228 pounds, he's a specimen, good kid, real good kid. But whether the Raiders are losing in the fourth quarter or winning in the fourth quarter, Keftel Real had him on the sideline a lot late in the game, and, and that's a bad sign. Right. <laughs> the Raiders had no interest in bringing him back, and they, the Raiders feel like they've upgraded with
1: Marshawn Lynch.
0: Uh, any thoughts on uh, on Cup out of East Washington with the Rams?
1: Yeah, and there are glowing reports on him, too. That isn't surprising, because he supposedly has a rare, uncommon work ethic, and he plays that way, and he's a student of the game, and he catches everything near him, and contested catches, and... He's sort of that stereotypical, you know, slot guy. Um, but they need somebody like that. You know, I mean, they haven't had a trusted option there for a long time. They've thrown a, a lot of early mid-draft picks at the wide receiver position and gotten very little out of it. That if they can just hit a double with him, that would be great. All right. I want to end the
0: show with the Rams and I want to show with some football stuff. I think we talked too much about injuries, but that's when we have to. Wade um, Phillips, who's really one of the more intriguing guys who switch uniforms or whatever, hats in his in his uh, case, but I mean, him going from the Broncos to the Rams, th- that could be a really huge thing, and he said, you know what, I think people are sleeping on my secondary a little bit, and I have a good secondary, and this is a guy who's coming from, you know, one of the best secondaries in recent memory in, in Denver, um, do you? Do you think Wade's telling the truth?
1: Do you like what the Rams have in their defensive secondary? Yeah, I do. I mean, I still think that's the weakness of the defense, but I think the defense has a chance to be really good, and it gets worse as you further you get away from the ball, but a lot of that because they're so good up front. And uh, I think Robert Quinn's going to have a monster season, as kind of the Vaughn Miller. Um, a lot of people look at this defense and say, boy, they were really good. They ran a 4-3, and now they're going to a 3-4. Is that smart? Well, his version of 3-4 is only really in name. You know, I mean, it's an attacking upfield, fits Aaron Donald really well. So that scheme situation doesn't bother me. Um, He does put a lot of stress on his secondary, though. You know, they like to blitz a lot. They like to play a lot of man coverage. And they have a lot of no-names in that secondary, but I do think they're better players than maybe the common fan realizes. Yeah. So
0: could, could the Rams be a, a surprise team? Like, obviously your answer is going to be depends on golf, but could they sure. put it together a little bit this year?
1: See, I'm optimistic about them, too. I mean, it kind of goes back to that who's the worst, who's the 29th best team in the league? Because I do think those three stand out at the bottom, and a lot of people probably have the Rams, a lot of people have the Bears. But I look at the Rams and kind of, like you were saying a little bit with the Niners, except they have more talent, is I think McVay's offense is going to raise all ships. You know, that the, the line isn't horrible anymore. Gurley should be much, much better than he was a year ago. I, I think it's unfair to judge Goff off of, what, nine or ten games and, uh, and when he was totally in over his head, wasn't getting helped by anybody. He looked horrible. But I bet he, I mean, I'm putting a chip down that he's going to be a serviceable starting quarterback this year that shows a lot of progress they have some guys, you know, that I think the offense is going to be serviceable, and again, that's a huge step forward, and the defense has a chance to be really good. I mean, uh, I could see the Rams at 8-8. Eight eight.
0: Well. Why do you, why are you so confident in grouping, uh bouncing back? Because he scares me. The reason why, he, and I know the line was terrible, but he had very few plays that he made on his own last year, and if you're a, a quality running back and a guy who a lot of people think is a special talent, you make some of your own plays as a running back, and he didn't do that last year. What makes you confident that he's going to bounce back?
1: Confident might be a strong word, you know, and you're 100% right, that he played horribly last year, and a lot of it's his fault. A lot of it's a fault around him, and I think he got used to having crappy blocking and kind of just – not that he didn't give great effort, but he could have done more on his own. I mean, I think we've talked about this. I mean, he wasn't on Sports Center once. I mean, you can't break one good run all year. <laughs> you know, what I mean, right, you're right. an ultra talented dude. But I also think, you know, you the whole move and Fisher being let go. I mean, I just thought it was a dismal environment with dismal play. And I really think McVay just kind of raises all ships there. Um, that he's very much the right guy for the job. Young, enthusiastic, a great system. Um, I think Gurley's a better receiver than people realize too. Um, I wouldn't say I'm confident, but I loved them, you know, a year ago at this time, and I tend to think the rookie girlie is closer to the player we sh- should see than the sophomore girlie. Yeah, I,
0: I like what we're seeing from McVay. And you know, one thing I like about him is, I mean, he's, what, 31 years old, hired when he was 30. The guy you compare that to is Josh McDaniels, who was 32 when he got the job in Denver. Josh McDaniels ran the entire – he was going to be – that was his – Team and Josh McDaniel really, it wasn't his coaching that got him fired after 28 games. It was the way he acted, and I, we don't see that. McBay seems to be standing in his own lane, letting the front office do their job, and that's pretty smart move by a young coach. And I'm really excited to see what he brings. And you know, this is a guy whose dad was a, a key figurehead with the 49ers, the great Bill Walsh 49ers, John McBay. So. This is in his blood, I
1: think he has a real shot. I do, too, and I really like the system, very quarterback friendly. I think he's absolutely the right hire and the right guy to get golf to be acceptable. You know, like I was never a huge Goff component, you know, a proponent, but he, he was so bad last year that I think if you start from scratch, eliminate what you saw last year and give him a true shot, you know, with a true left tackle and a running game, I think the offense is going to be respectable. I want to close out this show, and I love the rapid-fire pace of this week,
0: um, and it might be a tough question. Is there anything that you're really looking forward to in the next few days? Maybe You know, probably the question is probably in the first week
1: of the preseason. is there anything you really have your eye on no, and it's coming up so quick. I mean, the, the games start what tomorrow. Um, I need to kind of. I'm not even in that mode yet, Bill. You know, like I, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not used to that. There's going to be a whole slate of games coming up. What are some key things to look for? I still feel like I'm scrambling, and you know, it's coming up quick, and I'm trying to figure out what all's going on in camps. So no, I was asked that today in a chat too, and you know, my 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 standard answer is. Rookies, You know, I'm really excited to see rookies in a pro uniform, how they look, you know, other players that change teams, but the better ones aren't going to play that much anyways. Um, so I don't have a, a great answer. I don't have one thing that stands out. Like, I'm really excited to see Joe Mixon. And, you know, some of these talented, you know, skill guys that you can actually see see them move around on NFL field. Um, but, no, I mean, there's not like a, a one storyline that jumps to the top of, for me. You
0: know you a know, guy I'm, I'm thinking about, I'm just kind of getting in my head, Bit is Joe Mixon in Cincinnati. Because Now he's a football player. Now he's in the NFL. And, you know, all the stuff that we talked about, well he was drafted and whether you agree or not disagree with him, but he's in the NFL. And he has a really good ability. And let's see what he can do in Cincinnati as a football player.
1: Absolutely. And I think it's going to be great things on the field. Do you think he's... Think he's a the guy there and by going into October? Yeah, I very much do. I mean, I think Bernard will always have a role because he's a quality player. Uh, they seem to still like Hill, which makes no sense to me, but I think Mixon's uh, not Le'Veon Bell or David Johnson, but sort of like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, we talked at the draft. I was kind of bummed that he went to the Bengals because it just seemed so cliche because the way the Bengals. Right don't care about that stuff and I thought maybe if he went to another team that was acknowledging taking a chance rather than just the Bengals being the Bengals that might be better off for him but again he's in an NFL uniform he deserves every opportunity everybody else gets and I think he could be a great player so I mean that's kind of a guy and he's not going to get a lot of carries this week but he's a guy I'm interested in seeing in the next few weeks so and, and there's a bunch of guys and I think that's you know, hopefully there's less injuries in this preseason weekend, um, and, and hopefully we get to talk more about football stuff next week. So, Absolutely. I mean, that's it, everybody. We appreciate you. Matt, have a great week. Um, talk to you after week one of the preseason.
1: Very good, man. Good stuff.